Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Monday in April, and the NBA playoffs are here and in full effect. Check us out, RayandTayToday.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Ray, look, the Pelicans and Pacers stole great, you know, game ones with Anthony Davis and Victor Oladipo going off. But the question is, not a pretty performance by the Cavaliers. Is LeBron James in any trouble at all? LeBron James is in trouble, but I don't think he's in trouble in this round. I think they will come back. It's a seven-game series. This is a five-game series. I'd be a little more worried, but it's a seven-game series. They'll be fine. They'll put it together. This Indiana Pacer team is not the team that's going to take them down, but a couple of series down the road, they might get taken down by somebody else. So, yes, I think he's in trouble, just not this round. Well, to me, I think him starting off slow was on purpose. But my main issue, Ray, is why is Tristan Thompson not playing? This guy has been huge helping them the first, you know, couple of years with them going and advancing. To me, for him to play two minutes, not that he's an offensive guy, but when you're banging against Miles Turner um, and, you know, dealing with Oladipo penetrating and stuff like that, you need some size. The Pacers have Sabonis, you know, and Turner. To me, I just don't think Jeff Green needs to start. I would start Tristan Thompson, have Love at the four, LeBron at the three. I don't mind Hood and Hill, but at some point, I'm, I know Clarkson is more aggressive and Clarkson's got to play more minutes. Not saying that he should start, but I just think him and Jr. I don't know if Jr. and Clarkson should be together. So maybe you start one of them. Do you know what I mean in terms of combinations? And then have like if you started, uh, let's say instead of Hood, started Jr. and then had Clarkson and Hood coming off the bench compared to you know Hill and you know I just think that's a better fit. I I didn't like the way the Cavaliers attacked the game and. The, Let's be honest, they didn't attack anything, 80 points, a uh, record low Pacers giving up in, in the first round. How impressed were you with Victor O and the Pacers? Very impressed. You know, Victor Oladipo, we said, was an up-and-coming star. Not a superstar, but an up-and-coming star. And he did nothing to dispel the fact that he's an all-star and he's here to play. And that team is, you know, got its Star, got its role players, got its chemistry. So they're actually a very decent 
team, and I think in the long run, they might be a really solid Eastern Conference team. They're not winning anything because, you know, we, we've always said you've got to have two to three superstars on that team, and they don't have that. But they can certainly give teams that fall asleep on them, they can give them a bad night. And they gave Cleveland a bad night. Yeah, 36, I mean, 35, 6, and 4 or whatever. That's, uh, you know, he, he, 32, 6, and 4. He balled out. Uh, let's stick with the Sunday games. How many, yo, I, I, listen, Paul George is quiet down all the noise about him not scoring, not shooting, this and that. I think the big three showed up. Paul George showed up and showed out. Donovan Mitchell is scared of no one. He had 27, 10, 3. I mean, that was impressive, but I think the Thunder will easily control this series against the Utah Jazz, and they looked pretty sharp yesterday in game one. Were you impressed with OKC and, 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 and PG-13? I was, and OKC looks like they're going to face deeper and better opponents you know, in the next round and even in the next round after that if they were able to pull off the miracle. Um, but talk for a sec, right? Another team that is sort of built for the regular season, not really for the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell did his best. Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. But you'll see that in the playoffs, it's star power that wins you games and series. Yeah. And so I like this Utah team. But, again, a little bit like Indiana, when Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, and Donovan Mitchell are your best players, you're going to fall short in the Western Conference. And so, you know, you hate to see it because it's almost like the regular season doesn't matter when it comes to the playoffs. And it just is a different game in the playoffs. But kudos to Donovan Mitchell for a rookie to be doing what he's doing is unbelievable. He had a great game one, and he had a great – you know, rookie of the year caliber season. He just needs Gordon Hayward to still be on Utah Jazz. Then they can make some noise with the two of them together. You know, go with figure Rudy, that would with, be uh, right. That would Rudy be protecting the rim. Exactly. So let's go to the overtime game that started the day. Uh, Horford gives you the twenty-four, and you know, and twelve, and Giannis went off with thirty-six. I, you know, I feel bad about Giannis fouling out. He almost had a triple-double with the 13 and 7 assists. I was surprised that the Bucks kind of folded. They can't shoot. But overall, I still think they can win this series. Were you, did you think that the, the Celtics not got lucky, but with Giannis, that, that, that sixth foul, what did you think about this game? And is this the way the series will go? Do you see overtime each time around? Well, I don't know if you can predict overtime. for. I mean, close battles, though. You and I both said seven games, and I thought exactly what happened now, which would be what happens in game seven, which is these two teams are so evenly matched, and somehow Boston finds a way to execute and win. And so this, to me, was game seven. Uh, Now, who's to say what's going to happen in the rest of the playoffs? I think the rest of the games are going to look like this, though. Very close games. Home court maybe decides a close game in favor of Milwaukee maybe in favor of Boston. So I think this is a, you know, we both said seven and I'm sticking to my guns. These teams are evenly matched, totally different teams, but they're evenly matched. So the Rockets, 104-101, I don't think either team played great. The only person that really played great was James Harden, 44, 4-8. Jeff Teague was solid with his 15. 
Anthony Davis, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has got to shoot more and get free. I mean, the, the, you know, they've got to feed him the rock when they're doing different double teams and switching everything. I mean, even Barkley was screaming about that. The rock is switching, but then they don't attack the switch. Do you think Thibodeau will get the Timberwolves in, in the right mindset and can they steal a, a, a game two potentially? What do you think about uh, game one of the Rockets Timberwolves? I think you can look at the glass half empty or the glass half full, but if I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I'm looking at it half full. James Harden had 44. Not only did he have 44, he had it on 15 for 26 shooting. So he basically played, uh, you know, close to a perfect game. Oh, and man. He's a beast. They, they, needed, they needed every point. Now, Clint Capella did have his 25, and he did, he did okay too. But Minnesota – He's getting a lot better, right? For them. He's getting so he much is. better. Yeah. He is. And Minnesota made it difficult. And so if I'm Minnesota, I'm thinking, all right, maybe we lose, even if we lose two, we can go back to Minnesota and we can give them problems and defense yeah. travels. So, you know, we can even win at the Honda Center in, in Houston. So I'm not writing off the Minnesota Timberwolves so fast. Now, do I think Houston's going to win the series? Yes, but it's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough first round series. This is not a 1-8. Typical no, I said six games, and it could go seven, you know. I, I really think it's going to be a battle. So back to Saturday, I mean, wasn't much to talk about with Rudy Gay and, and, and uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs. The Warriors kind of just, you know, reminded everybody who they are without Steph. Kevin Durant, you know, giving you a little bit of everything, assists, points, rebounds. But Clay, man, Clay's poetry. When you watch Clay heat up and shoot, Ray, it's just not too many people, and he's a two-way player, and he's so underrated at the shooting guard. I thought it was an impressive win, and I just I think the Spurs, it's unfortunate, all the drama, you know, Pop talking about Leonard's group. I think they're going to trade him this summer. They're not going to have him around for next year and then have him walk away for nothing, and I just think it's a sad end to, I think, what they had perfectly crafted as the next stage after their dynasty dynasty continued with Kawhi. And I think it's going to end. what do you think about the Warriors and the, and the Spurs? You, you and I both predicted a sweep and nothing in that game led me to think that anything will change. Uh, San Antonio, I think is the second best team in the league at home. And they're one of the worst teams on the road. So uh, maybe you say to yourself, okay, Things change if they go if and when or when they go to the AT&T Center, but uh, this team just doesn't have enough. They're old, they're not athletic, they're missing their best player, and even without Steph Curry, that just tells you how talented Golden State is, and that's what that's what makes me scared if I'm the rest of the league. That without the two-time MVP, they're going to beat the best coach in basketball with a decent team, just not even skipping a beat. So this game is this series is a sweep. I would be surprised if San Antonio wins one, but it doesn't go more than five. They just – the Kawhi Leonard thing, we'll talk about this on another show. I really need to send some reporters to New York and San Antonio and figure out what's going on. You don't let a generational talent like this go. You know, I've been on the Kawhi bandwagon since his rookie year. This dude is special. Something happened there, and I would love to see it fixed because I'd love to see Kawhi stay in San Antonio. So would I, and I think it's bizarre – that him and, and Pop seem to be – actually, we can't even say that they have bad blood. Pop is just very frustrated and ornery. 
we haven't heard anything from Kawhi, so we really just don't know. And, you know, we, we just don't know. So 114 to 106, the Raptors got it done. I will say this about this game, though. Um, look, Abaka played big. If you can get 23 points from Abaka, um, I think overall you, you're doing pretty good. You know, he was strong on the boards. But I started to see something really interesting that makes me, you know, happy about my pick of the Withers and seven. John Wall giving you that many assists, 15 assists. And there were moments, although the Raptors pulled it through, there were moments where they looked like they might have, they might fold. I got to give them credit. They got it done. I think the Wizards at the end of the day, you know, they'll, they'll live to fight. I think they play tomorrow for game two. They'll live to fight for another day in Toronto. But this is going to be a back-and-forth series and a very entertaining game one from, from the Raptors and Wizards. What do you think about it? I tell you, this one is hard for me to read if the glass is half full or the glass is half empty, right? I think Toronto's the better team. I think Toronto's going to take care of business. But you saw, you saw some signs from Washington. And yeah. in a 48-minute game, game, they can, can produce issues, matchup problems, certainly in the backcourt, certainly with their athleticism, even their wing play. But 40, over 48 minutes, just Toronto's too good. They execute. They have depth. They have, you know, one to ten talent. So I'm going to say – Toronto says, you know what? We, we got this. We got that first game jitters. We'll take care of business. Uh, and they'll be slightly better than Washington. The same outcome, I think, six games, but Toronto wins. And the Sixers, Ben Simmons looked great. Everybody was shooting. Listen, Whiteside won't play this bad again, but Miami can't shoot and score. And Kelly Olenek's not going to give you 26 points again. We'll see their game two tonight. Also, the um, Warriors-Spurs game two tonight. Those are only two matchups. But, Ray... I think the Heat might be in trouble. Philly, I, I, I said Sixers and six. It might even be four or five. Um, and B probably won't play game two, but I think he'll be back game three. But Philly looks really good, and Ben Simmons is great as advertised. This, this may be the best thing for Ben Simmons' career, early part of his career, right? He's still a young guy, is to have the pressure on him have to make plays to take the bull by the horns and, and go do it. It's kind of like the rookie quarterback that gets thrown into the NFL season when there's only 16 games. Well, you know what? The playoffs are like that too. There aren't that many games. You know, you lose, you lose uh, four and you're done. So this is great. I think this is great for Ben Simmons. This was great for Philly. It was a close game through three quarters and boom, they put 130 on him. So I like what I saw from Philly. If they can score like this, they are really, really, really dangerous when Embiid comes back. So, great performance by Philly. Ray, the Pelicans, how many Pelicans out there peddling? Let me tell you something. What Anthony Davis did was show everybody why he's my defensive player of the year, showed everybody why he should be top three MVP, and Rajon Rondo, we have to just tip our hat and say, wow, he is such an amazing veteran leader and point guard. If this team had DeMarcus Cousins, I think they would be right up there with the Rockets and, and, and the Warriors before he got hurt. 
Boogie and the Brow were really figuring it out. And then you add Miratech with the shooting. Let me tell you, I think the Pelicans, they're dangerous. I said seven. The Pelicans, but I said Blazers in seven. It might be Anthony Davis, man. He's having, he looks like he's going to have one of these special series. And Rondo is just, I can't believe he's still this great. So I was really impressed. Now, Lillard and CJ didn't shoot good until the second half. And then they, you know, only lost by two. So that's a good sign for them. But um, that was a great game. One of the best games of the whole weekend. What did you think about those guys? You know, every time you are dependent on guards, Lillard and McCollum, they can get hot. They can get cold because they're essentially out, outside, outside in guards. So I, I can see the Pelicans winning this series. You know, I picked Portland. But from what I saw, the Pelicans are tough. And if AD yeah. is, you know, the AD in Kentucky and the AD of, uh, you know, when he's healthy, he impacts the game in so many ways, in ways that guards can't, you know. He can play in transition. He can offensive rebound, defensive rebound, block shots, have a presence. They can play off of him. So he's by far the best player on the court. And so, I, you know, I, this is a series I want to watch because I might be changing my opinion now. The Pelicans might do this. No, definitely so. Now, real quick, before we sign off with the NFL, Ray, I got to tell you, the Cowboys on Friday, they released your boy, Des Bryant. And my question to you is, where did he go? Because they did it so late. It's almost, it's almost like they did the T.O. years ago. It was almost kind of cruel. And you can, everybody could say, oh, it's because Jerry loved them so much. I feel like it's no, it's more about Jerry didn't want him to get big money and get hurt, you know, and, and hurt them somewhere else. He says he wants the NFC East. The only team in the NFC East that would probably even take him would be the Skins. I see Ravens, Patriots, Packers, or Seahawks. Where do you think Dez will land and how motivated will he be? Because he's, he seems like he's like, listen, I'm going to show them. Well, you know what? He can show whoever he wants. He's past his prime. He's, He's not the player he thinks he is, but he can certainly be a second or third option on somebody's team. And the Packers really need talent. The uh, Ravens also need some depth. Like you said, the Seahawks need some depth. I don't think he wants to put up with Bill Belichick, so he's not going to go. He needs a player's coach who can also be stern with him at times. So to me, he needs to play with like a Pete Carroll type. Um, so I, I don't think there's that many teams that actually are going to, are going to bid for his services, frankly, because I think he still wants to make one a type money and yet he'll probably he'll sign really one year for seven or 8 million. That's the best he'll get. I think. Yeah, I think that, and I think there'll be a few teams that are offer. And maybe the 49ers, maybe we're forgetting about the Niners. He'll do the reverse TO instead of Niners, the Cowboys, he'll go Cowboys to Niners. Yeah, they could use it. Jimmy G could use another target. Now, does this force your Cowboys, and we'll be talking NBA draft coming up in the next few shows, NFL draft, excuse me, does this force your Cowboys with only Hearns and Williams and, you know, not great people on your depth chart for number 19, the first round, instead of getting a linebacker, are you forced to take, uh, you know, if Ridley drops or, or Cortland Sutton or Christian Kirk or – DJ Moore from Maryland, you've got to take a wide receiver in the first round, right? I would think no, so. You do, no, no, I think you've got to no. take the best player available. You can't panic because 
wide receivers are, I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but there's a lot of really good wide receivers, and not all of them are top ten picks. This is not quarterback, where most of your quarterbacks are top. It's rare that you get a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady that, or, or a Drew, Drew Brees' second round, Wilson's third round, Brady's sixth round. That's rare. Wide receivers you can get first three, four, five, six rounds. So, to me, you still pick the best player available. You don't worry about wide receivers. I mean, you worry about it but you worry about it in free agency. Maybe you, you, you got to draft for value. The draft is too important for that. And wide receivers, you, you got a lot of flame outs too, you know? I think yeah. they do I'll tell you this, though. If Ridley's, if Ridley's on the board at 19, he's definitely the best player available, right? Yeah, he won't be there, though. I think he's, I think he's a little <laughs> overrated, frankly, as a pro prospect. But I think he's a solid – you know, he could do some things. I mean, I look at Amari Cooper – I look at some other Alabama receivers. I mean, he's definitely, uh, uh, you know, in that mold. I mean, he's no, he's no Julio, but maybe he could be. Maybe he could be Amari Cooper. All right, great. Well, listen, everybody, have a great sports week. We'll be back on Friday to chop it up with you and, and, and get into some uh, some serious NFL talk and NBA playoffs. It's coming close. The draft will be here. And we'll have our preview show Wednesday, April 25th. So get ready, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Enjoy the games tonight and the rest of this week. Sure, we are out.